This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Get at it here on the Employment Hour. Leah Moody is here to take all of your calls, answer your questions, and go through the Employment Hour over the next hour here on the radio. Uh, email as well, help at employmenthour.com. And as always, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell to call in. We always uh, start our show, Leah, with the week that was. How was the week, my friend? It was great. Thanks. The, the cool. Olympics are on. The weather's yeah. been fine. It's been an awesome week. Busy, too, from my perspective. Uh, it's always mm-hmm. busy this time of year, I find. Uh, but this is the Employment Hour. I am an employment lawyer here in Vancouver in British Columbia. And every week, either myself or Leah take over these airwaves to discuss employment law, to talk about situations that arise in our daily practice, and to answer your questions. So if you're listening in and you hear something that sounds like a situation that you're going through, or you want to ask a question about something that's going on in your workplace, a change that's been made to your job, an employment agreement, an employment contract that's being put in front of you for the first time, or just something, anything that doesn't quite feel right, and you want to get some answers and clear the air, give us a call. Or if you're shy about being on air or worried about voice recognition or anything like that, send us an email. It's uh, help at employmenthour.ca. So uh, we do start the week, the, at this week, like we do every week, with the week that was. Um, and that is, uh, sit, I get to review some situations or files or articles or things that are happening in the world that have come across my desk related to employment law uh, over the last couple of weeks. So I had a gentleman come in this week that reminded me of the importance of seeking legal advice as something is actually happening in the workplace, as it's transpiring in real time, right. rather than waiting until everything comes to a head and leaving an employee in a position where there's nothing that we can do. Or even if there is still something that we can do, perhaps it's making it more difficult to make our argument or get a good and fair settlement on that empl- for that employee. So this individual worked for his former employer for almost 10 years. Uh, The first half of his employment relationship was seamless. First five to six years, there were no disciplinary events, no flare-ups. Everyone got along just fine. Sometime in 2013, so about five years ago, this employee raises a concern about unsafe working conditions and is told that he has to do the job anyway. Um, The employee refuses to do the job, and he's written up for being insubordinate. Now, Mm -hmm. this particular incident five years ago is easy enough for me to address. You cannot punish someone for refusing to do unsafe work. And to the extent that we can show that he raised reasonable concerns that he believed to be legitimate at the time, this disciplinary event won't be worth the paper that it's written on. However, it's what happened after this event that's concerning for me uh, as an employment lawyer. It seems that the employer, the company in this case, started to think of this employee as uh, being troublesome. And problematic. And I know that this is very common in industries that require physical labor. Employees who raise issues about safety in the workplace, which is entirely within their right to do, might I add, are labeled as not being team players or being more trouble than they're worth. And in some unfortunate cases, the employer starts to try to build a case against the employee to try to terminate them for cause. And building a case can happen for any number of reasons, but it happens all the time. And that was the case with this gentleman. His employer started writing him up 
for everything, everything Mm. from speaking aggressively to failing to follow instructions to attitude in the workplace. In one instance, the employee made a complaint about his colleague swearing at him in the workplace, and he recorded it. And I've heard the recording. It's aggressive, and it's entirely uncalled for. But it's the employee that got written up for recording his colleague. So you you can hear this, John, and think that this is so transparent, that this should be easy enough to get around. But the company was was smart. They papered their file real carefully. They worded their letters to him with the obvious help, help of an employment lawyer. And they warned him countless times that if his behavior didn't improve, he would be terminated for cause. And guess what? Two weeks ago, they did just that. They let this 62-year-old man go with no severance whatsoever, claiming that it had cause to terminate the employment relationship. And when I spoke to this gentleman, and we went through the various warning letters, he had an, an explanation or had additional contacts to add to every single letter that exonerated him or at least mitigated the behavior that was being disciplined. It was clear at least to me, that this was a bit of a witch hunt. The problem is that he documented none of this. In fact, he told me that for the most part, he just felt like there was nothing that he could do and that whenever he tried to explain his situation, he was cut off or ignored. So he pretty much just accepted that that was the way that he was going to be treated. Now, I don't think, and I didn't tell this individual at the time, that they're necessarily dead in the water here. He's not. Termination for cause is a very high threshold. We, we talk about yeah. that all the time. And we can still use his evidence and his response to fight that. But I do think that it's going to be a bit of a fight and an uphill battle for my client. And that's because, I mean, consider the optics. The company has reams and reams of paperwork showing complaints and warnings. And the employee has nothing. No yeah, responses, no version of his own events that were recorded contemporaneously with the incidents of discipline as they happened. Nothing to combat the employer's written record except for his word that he tried to defend himself but was dismissed. And again, that doesn't necessarily mean that we don't have a case. It just makes it a lot more difficult. When it comes to cause, an employer has the onus, so they have the burden of showing that they had cause. But when you've got letter after letter from this company warning the employee of the conduct, giving them the opportunity to improve, warning that a termination is forthcoming, then it is more likely than not that that employer will be able to meet this burden, and then it'll fall on the employee to show that there was mitigating circumstances or that the disciplinary notes were unfair or unreflective of the full circumstances. And without anything but the employee's word, it's going to be an uphill battle. So I've asked the individual to return to the drawing board, and we'll see what he can find for me in terms of evidence to support his version of, of events, and we'll see where this goes. Um, but I thought that this story would serve as a good reminder today of the importance to be proactive, to protect and insulate yourself, to make sure that if the worst comes to pass, which no one likes to picture, so I understand why people don't necessarily plan for it, But it's important to make sure that you've got yourself covered. And what that always means in the legal realm is having it in writing. Write it down. Put it in an email, a spreadsheet, a diary, anything. Just write it down. Whenever I have someone call me with a question about a performance improvement plan that they've been put on but don't agree with or a feeling like they're being subject to their own witch hunt, my advice is always as follows. Write a response. And make it specific to the performance improvement plan or the disciplinary note. Give your side of the story. And at the beginning and the end of it, ask for your response to be included in your personnel file. This has the dual effect of, first and foremost, papering your own side of the story and protecting yourself. 
but also putting the company on notice that you're onto them. You're not going to take this lying down and you will be looking after yourself. This alone can help you immensely if you find yourself in the position later down the line, if and when you're terminated for cause. So put it in writing. Help me help you. That is the takeaway. Yeah, we often said if, it, if it's not in writing, it didn't exist. And I mean, it's it, this is a perfect case where it's so completely one-sided. It could all be you know, BS. <laughs> Let's just call exactly. it what it is. Yeah. But he's, he's, like you said, you're going to be, uh, you're going to be putting the gloves on big time for this one because he's got no written record. You got to write everything down. Even if it's just emails, keep the emails. Exactly. He said, she said is, is one thing, but yeah. when the company has everything in writing and it looks good from a paper perspective, you've got to have something to combat that as well. Severance pay calculator. Give me some details on it. Oh, sure. So the severance pay calculator, we understand that as an employee, knowledge is power. So the more you know about your rights and your entitlements, the more empowered you're going to be and the less likely it is that you're going to sign something that offers you a lot less than what you're entitled to. But we also know that calling a lawyer can sometimes be intimidating. And really, we don't bite, I promise. But we know that it can feel that way, which is why we created an online calculator that will, within a matter of minutes, tell you what it is that you're entitled to under the common law. SeverancePayCalculator.com. You visit this site. You punch in your age, your position, and your length of service, and you will be provided with a range of months that you could be entitled to in the event of a termination. And as you always say, John, it is not a trick. It will look a lot different than what the Employment Standards Branch says you're entitled to, but that's because we are talking about two different kinds of entitlements. The the ESB, the Employment Standards Branch, covers your statutory rights under legislation, but the severance pay calculator can tell you what your common law rights are, which are significantly greater. So check it out. It's free to visit, severancepaycalculator.com. Yeah, not only does it look different than the ESB, it's going to look different almost 99% of the time than what your former workplace has offered you in a severance letter. It's going to be a lot bigger because, of course, they're going to try to get out light, right? 99.9%. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> SeverancePayCalculator.com is the uh, place you want to go. The number six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight or star 9898. Uh, on your cell phone, we'll take our first break here, get lots uh, lots coming up here. We'll get into uh, the times you need an employment lawyer. There's many, so we'll go through a list, and Leah will expand on those, and some of your emails as well as we continue right here on the Employment Hour on 980 CKNW. Yeah, you got plenty of time to call in and uh, have your say. Ask your question. Leah here handling your calls right till the uh, the top of the hour. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Email is help at employmenthour.com. By the way, you want to get a hold of Leah or Lior, another member of the team. That is not easy as well. 604-283-3123. Week that was. Give me another one, uh, Leah, before we get into our uh, topic for the, uh, for the day. What else is going on? Yeah, yeah. No, just briefly, I just wanted to talk about something that's a bit more topical and it's actually in relation to the recent announcement to increase the minimum wage. Ah. So as you may know, the provincial government just announced that it's going to be increasing the minimum wage incrementally, uh, but they're increasing it over the next three years with the first hike coming this June. So minimum wage is going up by $1.30 in a few months time. And a lot of people, myself included, celebrated this announcement. I mean, I'm an employee side lawyer. I care about worker welfare. Mm -hmm. uh, And I generally think that it's good and fair that wages be brought into line with, you know, cost of living and inflation. But I also recognize that this can be very hard on employers, and most companies will not be able to absorb this sudden surge in their overhead. And this ultimately can negatively impact workers as well. Now, many companies are going to pass along the additional cost to the consumer 
in the form of higher prices. But as we recently saw with the minimum wage hike in Ontario, some companies will make up for this cost by cutting down on other benefits or perks for their employees. So they'll cut hours or like with what we saw with Tim Hortons, they'll yeah, they reduce did that in Ontario. Yeah, yeah, yeah and they reduce or eliminated enrollment and benefits plans. Yep. And and so what's important for employees to know is that these kinds of changes can be illegal and they may entitle that employee to severance. So if you're an employee who finds themselves on the receiving end of those cost-cutting strategies, whether it's reducing your hours or putting you on a temporary layoff or cutting your benefits or removing your bonus, know first and foremost that this isn't something that employers are permitted to do without a contractual right to do so. If an employer makes a change to a term of your employment that's considered essential and benefits programs and bonus payments can be considered essential, then that employee can claim what's called a constructive dismissal and pursue their severance entitlements, which can be quite significant depending on how long you've worked for the company uh, and your age and position. It's the same type of thing where if you accept it for uh, a certain amount of time, you've deemed to do exactly that, accept it, and there's no turning back? Or can they offer you a uh, employment contract with the new conditions and give you uh, a little something to sweeten the pot? Is it okay in that case? Yeah, I mean, so there's there's a number of ways in which it can be okay, but just to touch yeah. on the two that you did is that if they want to introduce a new contract where they say they're going to cut your benefits, but they're going yeah. to be giving you this bonus in exchange for that, then that's something else entirely, and that is a an agreement as between you and the company. Uh, that's legal, and that can be upheld. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I think that that's the only way in which it can be okay. Mm-hmm. Um agreement by the employee and that can be an agreement by way of a contract or if as you alluded to before if you take two months at this new rate of pay or two months without enrollment in the benefits plan and you haven't said anything during that time or raised an objection then that's going to be seen as condoning the change or agreeing Mm -hmm. to it and then you're kind of going to be uh, out of luck there yeah, so heads up over the next, uh, up, next few yeah. months for sure. Yeah, Absolutely. big time. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell to call in. Talk to Leah, have questions or concerns about your job, possibly a severance offer in front of you, or you have a friend or family member that was recently let go. You want to call in and get some information. It's always a, a helpful call indeed. Uh, you need an employment lawyer when? Dot, dot, dot. I'll start with a big one. You've been let go. Yes, and that is the obvious one. Yeah. Uh, but still, a lot of people don't figure, or they figure that they still don't need an employment lawyer in these kinds of situations situations. But we said this right before the break. Seriously, 99% of the severance packages that I see are not sufficient and they don't uh, equal what you're entitled to under the law. And and those are your entitlements. They're what you've earned. Um, Probably once a month, maybe someone calls me and, and I get to say, you know what, the company did right by you and you should accept the package exactly as it's written. And and I have said that to people and I love when I get to say that, but it happens very, very rarely. And in most cases, and you said this, John, the employer is trying to get the best deal possible for itself. Or oftentimes the employer wants to do right by the employees, but they haven't gotten the right advice. So they don't know that they have to make the employee whole or they don't know that they have obligations beyond the statutory minimum. So the key here is don't sign anything. A lot of people don't have an employment lawyer in their back pocket. So uh, you know when you're in that situation, don't sign anything. Your entitlements are what they are and you taking some time to review it, digest it, 
speak it over with your family, have your package looked at by a lawyer, those won't change those entitlements, no matter what they say that deadline is. Because once you accept it, once you sign off on that release, there's nothing that you can do. Um, And you're probably leaving a significant amount of money on the table. So take the letters home with you. uh, Check out severancepaycalculator.com, which is sometimes as good as having a lawyer in your pocket. But ultimately, give me a call and I can tell you either that it's in line with what you're entitled to, in which case you get some closure and we move on. It's a free consult, so no harm. Um, or more likely than not, I will tell you that it falls short. And, and, and then I'll tell you how I can help to get you the package that you deserve. And most of all, don't panic and freak out because you have two years, actually, right, to, to go over your rights and, and exercise them. Two years. Two years from the date of your termination. <laughs> that is a long time. Uh, I don't even remember time. what I was doing this time in 2016. So, yeah, you've got lots of time. Don't worry about the deadline. Uh, give us a call. We're talking about uh, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 here to call into the show till the uh, the top of the hour. Help at employmenthour.com. We'll try to get some of your emails a little later on as we go here. Talking about the things you need an employment lawyer when. Now, we touched on this uh, in, in, in a lot of depth at the beginning of the show with your first week that was, and that is an employer building up a case against you with bad performance reviews. Just want to get through this quickly again, reiterate what you said at the beginning of the show because it's really important. It is. It is really important, and I did ramble on there at the beginning. <laughs> Sorry about that, John. Mm-hmm. But no, I did go into depth of it at the beginning, but in case you missed it, you need an employment lawyer when a case is being built up against you with bad performance reviews, disciplinary notes, and we do see this all the time. Um, you know, an individual who's having a successful career and then all of a sudden they get disciplines or warnings for their performance. And this usually indicates um, that the employer is attempting to build a case to terminate you for cause. And again, termination for cause means without a severance. So that means you get zero going out the door. That's why it's so important to act. If this starts to occur, speak to an employment lawyer because there are steps that you can take to preempt this. And I went over this, but I always recommend that you draft a response that speaks about you, um, your opinion that the discipline or the warnings are unwarranted or unfair, gives your side of events, and then ask the company to include that response in the employment file. Um, essentially explain, again, why the warning is incorrect. This will ultimately provide extremely valuable evidence if your employer does eventually terminate. Or as I said before, it'll just put your employer on notice that you're on to them and maybe it'll cause them to back off a little bit. And I think a lot of the people you tell, you know, don't be afraid to do this. It's it's within your right inside the employment agreement but to have your opinion and, and have it on paper or email so it's permanent. Because like you said, down to the back end of your employment, when things go wrong, everything goes south, you're going to want to have those records, right? Exactly. It's, it's well within your rights to speak up yep. because if you don't do it, nobody else is going to. The employer at the end of the day is concerned about their bottom line. In many cases, they're going to be looking after themselves. So it's, it's up to you to look after you um, and your employment lawyer, which is why I always encourage people to contact an employment lawyer in this situation. We'll take a short one. We're talking about the things and times you need an employment lawyer when. We'll get to more of those. Your phone call's got the lines wide open, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Lots more of the employment hour is on the way right here on 980 CKNW. And we got lots to get through here. We're talking about the times you need an employment lawyer when. Liam Moody is doing the show tonight right till the top of the hour, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Help at employmenthour.com. We'll try to get to a couple emails as well. If you haven't checked it out, want to find out what your severance offer should be, the real amount, the dollar-for-dollar amount, it's severancepaycalculator.com. So the employer, building up a case against you with bad performance reviews. We went through that one. Uh, you've been offered a new employment agreement to sign. is also a case, Leah, where you should be uh, getting an employment employment lawyer for sure. 
Oh, yes. Yeah. Not many employers. And in fact, I would say no employers will make an employee sign a new employment agreement for the benefit of the employee. Usually a new agreement during the employment relationship means that the employer is trying to introduce new and often negative terms to that employment relationship in order to mitigate their own liability and their own exposure. Many times it's a clause limiting your termination entitlements. So I've just been working with a woman who was with a company for eight years um, and she got a new contract. We attempted to negotiate some of the terms, including a termination provision, but the company just wouldn't move. So I told her, don't sign it. You can't get in trouble. You're not going to get disciplined. Don't sign it. And then guess what, John? Her entire department was restructured. So so all of her colleagues that signed this contract got the minimum entitlements under the Employment Standards Act, and she would have received only eight weeks had she also signed this contract, but now we're negotiating a package that's valued at seven, eight, nine months. Um, So oftentimes, a company is trying to get you to sign an employment agreement that's going to limit your entitlements in the event of a termination. So it's extremely important to have this reviewed before signing it, as it could have a major, major impact on you if your employment is ever terminated. And, And with this woman, if your employer is ever unwilling to negotiate, then you simply don't sign it. Just don't sign it. No pen to paper. One of the best phone calls she ever made, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, I don't yeah. want to toot my own horn here, but I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the best phone call she's ever had. <laughs> uh, you need an employment lawyer when the employer has changed the terms of your employment, not necessarily throwing a new uh, contract at it. It could be a verbal one. Say you're not, uh, you're off days, you're coming in nights now, or you know what, you're, we're moving, you're going to drive another 45 minutes to work starting Monday. Oh, absolutely. Right? It does not have to be no. a, a formalized change in your work. But if your employer is throwing you a curveball and you've been doing one thing for however many months and then all of a sudden they want you to do something different, that's a change in your work uh, and it may not be legal. Um, you know, we were talking about this at the beginning of the show uh, with respect to changes that companies may put in place with respect to the new minimum wage hike. Uh, but, you know, this also happens all of the time. Uh, Common changes, the most common changes that we see are a change to hours of work, um, duties and responsibilities, changing someone from salary to hourly, uh, work location is a big one too, any essential term of employment like those. Uh, Demotion is a big one as well. An employer is not permitted to make these changes, okay? So they can't make any kind of significant change to the terms of your employment unless you've agreed to these changes by way of an employment agreement or you agree to that change when it's presented to you as the change. And that is that is the key. Uh, and we, we discussed this as well, but it's why it's so important to seek the advice of a lawyer here. Because if you work in that new role or in the new, loca- new location for too long, then eventually you're going to be deemed to have agreed to that change. And then there's nothing else that you can do that you're essentially stuck with it. It's, it's hard to say where that line falls. Right. You know, how long is too long? But I would typically say if someone came to me and said that I've been working in this role for four weeks, that's probably fine. I wouldn't go much longer than two months. Um, Our courts do permit employees a reasonable amount of time to try something out. But I can't imagine there being much leniency beyond the two-month mark. Uh, So certainly, if there's no agreement, a change like that can constitute the termination of your employment. And you're entitled to seek severance as though you've been explicitly terminated. 
You know, and you, you mentioned try it out. That was my next question. I mean, any of these cases, whether it's going from days to nights or you have to travel more to go to work or they've changed your pay structure, same pay, but they're paying you differently possibly. Can you say comfortably, look, I want to take this for a spin for a couple of weeks. If it doesn't work, I want to go back to the way it was. Absolutely. I mean, I think that it, there's very few people out there who need to know what it's like uh, to make 50% of what they were earning before, you know, like yeah. that, that will speak for itself. But if, if a, your company, if the employer comes to you and says, you know, do you want to work nights for a bit? Or do you want to work part-time? Do you want to take a step back? Do you want to take a demotion? Um, there may be personal reasons why that might be okay with you and you want to know what it looks like. Uh, and our courts, uh, we do find that you are permitted to, as you say, take it for a test spin, take it for a little test yeah. drive, see how you feel, see if you like it. Um, but then make sure that in, you know, the two weeks or four weeks, however much time passes where you say, you know what, this isn't for me, you are clear about your rejection of that change. That is extremely important that you put that in writing. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 to call in, talk to Leah, get your questions answered right till the uh, the top of the hour here. We're talking about the times you need an employment lawyer. Um, your employment lawyer, what you come back from this one, this one's a big one. I know you and Lior talk about this all the time. They will not let you come back from a disability or won't accommodate medical restrictions, even if there's a doctor involved. Yeah, it is. It is a, a big, big one. And we do try yeah. to talk about it all the time, but it is also so fact specific. Um, it's extremely contextual. So it's, it's difficult to, to speak about in general terms. And, and the best that I can kind of offer is that if this is happening to you, if you've been on a medical leave and, and the company's not letting you come back from a disability, or they're not willing to accommodate your medical restrictions, you need to speak to an employment lawyer. Um, we often see this when an employee has gone off and they try to come back and then the employer makes it difficult because they found someone to replace that employee when that employee was yeah. gone. And they're entitled to do that. The work needs to be done. But room still needs to be made for that employee when they're coming back. And if room isn't made, then that can constitute a termination uh, of employment and it could also possibly lead to a human rights code complaint as well. Um, so if this occurs, please call a lawyer. It's a complicated area of the law. And like I said, it's very fact specific. And oftentimes the employer itself just won't know what laws apply. Um, so it's important to have that conversation sooner rather than later. And your medical team, your doctor generally holds the trump card in all these cases too, right? Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you'll have a, a company that wants you to submit to their own medical, but it's it's very rare that you will actually have to do that from a legal perspective. Um, so, you know, it's it's just there are so many wheels moving in that kind of situation. It's well, it's just better to have the experts come in. And I, and I do mean an employment side lawyer for the company as well, so that, you know, we can make sure that everything's above board and done a, according to your rights. Let's get to a call this afternoon. Got uh, Mike in the line. Hey, Mike. Oh, hi. Yeah, I was just wondering. I drive for a trucking company, and we fall. they say we fall under the National Safety Code, so we don't get overtime until after 60 hours and stuff like that. Is there any way to say no? If we don't cross provincial borders. We have some people in Alberta, they stay here, and we stay in B.C. Is there any way to stay under provincial labor law under huh. those situations? Uh, unfortunately not, not unless you specifically contract for that. So you can negotiate with the company, um, you know, to be paid overtime if you work less hours than that. You can contract out of the Canada Labor Code. But as an employee for a federal company, you are subject to the Canada Labor Code. Now, just make sure that you are getting paid for the overtime hours that you are working, though. You're keeping track of it and, and they are paying it in accordance with the national laws as well. 
Yeah, because you can't you can't drive more than sixty hours under the code, and you don't get overtime until sixty hours. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was very smart on the employee's part then, or the employer's part. Um, Now you don't work more than sixty hours in a week, though, right? Because then that's a safety issue. Okay. No. Good. Good. I think this was brought up years ago, but they never thought they'd use it. Like we're actually in city, but they're still using it that way. It was more for long haul trucking, but the company Mm -hmm. figured, hey, we can save a buck. Yeah. Unfortunately, if it if it's a federal or national company, that still makes you a, a federal or national em- employee. Um, okay. So, yeah. I, I, sorry, I don't have a better answer there for you, Mike. No problem. Thanks. Have a good day. You too. Mike, appreciate your call. Everyone else, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. In the meantime, talking about the times you need an employment lawyer when. This one, uh, we'll, we'll throw this one under the, uh, the obvious category. Uh, you are pregnant or have had a baby and your employer does, well, anything. Yeah, I mean, you would you would throw that under the obvious category, but it's yeah. still not obvious to a lot of people out there. It's so much more common than you'd think. Um, you know, a, a woman who's been away for work or a man who's been away on parental leave tries to return to work and the employer says, sorry, job not available anymore. Uh, or an, a woman tells the employer that they're pregnant and the employer starts treating them differently or not giving them work. Um, you know, I had one woman call me a, a while back, uh, but it still stands out in my mind uh, because she was 22 weeks pregnant and the company said, and I think the company thought it, it was doing her a service here, but the company mm. said, you know what? You need your rest. You go home. Oh. You start your leave now, right? And that nice. I, perhaps they did mean that as a, as a nice thing, but that's illegal. This woman yeah. is pregnant, not disabled. She's perfectly able to work her job, and and that's always going to be the employee's um, choice anyway. So in in any kind of scenario like this, uh, you've you've been on leave. You want to go on leave. You're pregnant. You've adopted anything like this, and then your employer does anything that even remotely comes across as negative. Contact an employment lawyer to make sure that your rights are protected well the t-shirt the bumper sticker the coffee mug don't mess with mama don't mess with the mamas yes <laughs> we just need logo. a supplier get them happening for sure <laughs> uh, we're talking about times you need an employment lawyer when you're not getting paid overtime mike touched on it right there in, in a kind of a roundabout way yeah i mean a lot of employers don't understand overtime or no. they don't know that it's time and a half and so this is why i always ask individuals who bring up overtime are you actually getting paid Overtime. If you are working overtime in accordance with the statutory laws uh, and and you've gotten approval for it, if that's required, are you being paid overtime? Because yeah. if you're not, an employment lawyer can assist you to recover that overtime. Um, you can go through a lawyer um, if you'd like, and you can also go through the Employment Standards Branch. Uh, the Employment Standards Branch in BC is quite robust uh, with respect to being able to get overtime at least for the last six months. But if you've got, if you have a, an agreement or some kind of contract that says, you know, we'll pay you overtime if you work more than 40 hours, you can get a lawyer to go after two years of that outstanding overtime. Oh, wow. So it, it's, uh, you know, it gets tricky if you've agreed to receive loo days or if you've agreed that you don't qualify for overtime unless you seek consent um, or if you're technically exempt from overtime, like if you're a manager or, or a lawyer. Uh, but barring something like that, you should absolutely contact an employment lawyer and we can assist you in recovering those earned hours. And just you know, as a as a bit of an off topic sidebar, you mentioned contacting the uh, the labor board with it, overtime and stuff like that. It's cool, but when it comes to severance, no, 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 call you, call you, do yeah, not yeah. I board. mean, the un- the unfortunate thing is that I mean, in, in BC, you can actually go through the employment standards branch to get your minimum entitlements, right. and then you can go through a lawyer to get your common law entitlements over and above that. The problem is, is that. 
people who are working at the Employment Standards Branch do not necessarily inform employees that they have entitlements beyond that. Um, so you can contact the Employment Standards Branch, you can go through, you can make the application for your severance entitlements, you can give them a call, um, and you may wrongly believe that that's all that you're entitled to. But you do have entitlements beyond that in, in most cases. Is it true uh, as well if you file a, uh, a claim with the Labor Board uh, after a couple of weeks, you can't go back, you can't take it out again? That could affect you negatively too, right? No, no. Um, so not not in BC. You can okay. actually you can actually file a claim um, with the Employment Standards Branch, um, and then you can still pursue your common law entitlements with a lawyer. The, the two don't uh, preclude one another. Oh, nice. Yeah. I know it does in some other provinces, but that's good to know. Yeah, it's, it's a little inconsistent among provinces, yep. which makes it a bit confusing, especially for mm-hmm. lawyers such as myself who practice in two different provinces. But yeah, in right. BC, it's it's nice. I mean, you do have that option of doing uh, one or the other or both. And But if you have common law entitlements, I mean, definitely don't only do the employment standards branch. You should certainly also go after your common law entitlements because it can be, I mean, way more than double. It's you know, quadruple, yep. whatever yeah. goes beyond quadruple. <laughs> your entitlements under the Employment Standards Act. So it's an money. important Generally, one. It's, a lot of it's money. just, yeah, it's just it. a lot of money. So just take money. our word on that. Yeah. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Still got a few minutes. We'll take one more small break here before we take it to uh, just about 5 o'clock. Your calls and your emails as well as we continue on the Employment Hour right here, 980 CKNW. You still have time to call in before uh, 5 o'clock here, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Lee, we're going to wrap up one more point about the times you need to call an employment lawyer when you're being harassed, uh, either by coworkers or even worse, the boss or the big boss, who may be your boss, the guy you're supposed to report to. Then what do you do? Yeah, this is such such an important one, and we spoke about yeah. this a couple of weeks ago. I devoted much longer to this topic because it is such an important one. It's always a difficult situation, especially when it's a supervisor, especially when it's the boss's boss, as you say. It's the person you're supposed to report, be reporting to, um, which is why you need someone in your corner more than ever, and, and that is where I come in. That's where an employment lawyer comes in. Uh, some people may fear that reporting harassment in the workplace can hurt their career, uh, but it, it can't. Um, you know, You cannot be penalized legally for reporting harassment in the workplace. If, if you'd like that situation to be rectified or at least to protect yourself, making sure that you're getting all your ducks in a row, we can help you, I can help you deal with the high-level management of the company and ensure that it stops, uh, that it's mitigated, that it's dealt with in some way, and then you can move forward in your job without having to, to deal with that harassment. If it doesn't stop, of course, um, then you can. I can help you paper that record uh, to make sure that you've got evidence to eventually support a claim for constructive dismissal because harassment in the workplace, the creation of a toxic work environment through harassment and bullying can eventually amount to a constructive dismissal wherein you would be entitled to receive severance. And uh, an employment lawyer can absolutely assist you in recovering severance as well. That number, by the way, to get a hold of Leah and other members of the firm, 604-283-3123. It is help at employmenthour.com. We'll go to an email. Uh, Maria here says, I worked for a small company for 26 years. We Ooh. just found out, the, yeah, I know, right, that the uh, the business is closing at the end of the month. Owner says that because it's a small company, there we go, and they don't have to pay any severance, are they pulling a fast one? Yes. 
Yes, they are. Okay. Um, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all, folks. Um, the the I see this all the time. Employers mm-hmm. say all the time, we're a small company, we're a mom and pop shop, we don't have to pay you severance. And we certainly don't have to pay you your common law entitlements of, of two years. Um, or, you know, you were working part time, we don't owe you any severance. But it, that's not right. They are pulling a fast one. Um, you're entitled to severance no matter how large or small your employer is or how many hours you've worked part-time, full-time, you get severance. Um, And Maria, I hope you're listening because at 26 years of severance, you could be approaching severance pay equivalent to two years of your salary, and that is not something that you want to walk away from. Yeah, we don't know her age, but she could be right up there with that length of time, right? Oh, easy, definitely. Um, You know, certainly no less than 18 to 20. Got a couple minutes left. We'll get to another email or two. Uh, Brian writes in, says, I was just laid off, and my employer told me that I only get severance if they don't call me back within 13 weeks. That is That does not sound like a no, good makes, plan there, makes, Brian. Makes no sense. Yeah, no, it doesn't at all. Um, so, so, Brian, if you're, if you're listening right now, um, if you were just laid off for the first time uh, and right. your employers told you that you know, you're going to stay off for the 13 weeks and then maybe we'll recall you. I, I can tell you definitively that in BC, that is a constructive dismissal. Uh, and it's one of the areas that I deal with all of the time because it's subject to so much confusion. Um, you know, we spoke earlier about a constructive dismissal and a constructive dismissal arising from changes to your workplace. So changes in hour, changes in pay, a relocation. Tell me, what is a greater change to your work than being told to go home for 13 weeks, right? right. That, that is the epitome of a change. Um, but the reason why so many people think it's legal is because there's a mechanism in the Employment Standards Act that says, if you're going to lay somebody off, here's how you do it. The key is, is that you don't have access to use that provision unless you've contracted for it. So unless you've got an employment agreement or an employment contract in place that says we can lay you off when we want to in accordance with the needs of the business or it's seasonal, then that is a constructive dismissal and you are entitled to severance. The only other way in which a company can do that legally is if they've laid you off before. So if Brian's in a situation where he's been working in construction for 20 years, he's been laid off uh, you know, the last five years every winter, uh, then there's nothing that he can do because he's agreed to it. Uh, but if this is the first time, uh, then there's certainly severance to be had here, and, and that is a termination. More brilliance for another week, my friend. We'll take it from there. You need to get a hold of Leah outside of show hours like now. It's very simple, 604-283-3123. Help at employmenthour.com. Severancepaycalculator.com as well. You want to find out where your full, and I mean full entitlement should be. Use that any time on your desktop, your laptop, your uh, your phone. It'll come up, severancepaycalculator.com. Till next time, it's been the Employment Hour right here, 980 CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.